0: You have tuned into t this is Jehovah Salah Adin. In today's episode, our hosts Justin and Esther are joined by a psychologist couple, Mrs. Iwan Fo and Mr. Bashir Bashadust, both currently lecturers at the psychology department of Help University, Malaysia. They will be sharing with us the story of how they met, the way they maintain a loving and deep relationship in their marriage despite their individual and cultural differences and their take on how it feels to have a psychologist partner. Brace yourself for that and many more while enjoying your scrumptious evening tea. A very happy Valentine's Day to everyone. And thank you once again for listening to Tea Buddies.
1: So welcome back to another episode of Tea Buddies. This episode, we will be having two hosts. I'm your first host, Justin. And the second host will be Esther. Say hi, Esther. Hi, everyone. So before we actually introduce today's guest, today's recording is facilitated by Mind Matters Network. They are Malaysian youth-led mental health initiative, and they aim to uplift the standards of youth mental health in Malaysia. And they're going to do that through education and training with the knowledge of psychology. And if you want to know anything else about Mind Matters Network, you can visit their website at mindmattersmy.org. And without further ado, today, the guest that will be joining us is Ms. Yvonne and Mr. Bashir. Welcome guys. Oh,
0: hi. Hi everyone.
1: Awesome. So you guys want to just give a very brief introduction about yourself. So, you know, for any viewers or any listeners who may not know who you guys are, just give them a little bit of the background.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, just keeping it simple. So my name is Bashir. Um, I'm a lecturer and a counselor, currently teaching at HELP University. Um, that's all right. Anything more? Did I miss anything?
1: <laughs> Keeping it very humble. Keeping
2: it simple. Yeah. Um, I'm Yvonne. I'm also a lecturer and clinical psychologist. I also work at Help University.
1: That's great. Fun fact actually that um, Esther and I were both from Help University. And I, I mean Esther, you also had the good fortune of being Miss Yvonne's student as well, right?
3: Yes, yeah. I uh, think we are both in her class actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there were two,
1: yeah. like uh two of the counseling electives. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I feel quite old now. (laughs) I had a good fortune of teaching the few too. It's
1: okay, we're all pretty young here. So (laughs) luckily we left age out of the topic of discussion. (laughs) So today we're actually going to be talking about different aspects of relationships. But before we jump into that, maybe you guys want to give us a brief introduction as to your love relationship. How did you guys meet? How did everything start?
2: Yes. So, of course, we left it out of introduction. Um, we, mm-hmm. we both teach at HELP uh, and we are also married. we uh, married for six, five years plus. Around
0: that. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, we both met when we were doing our master's program in HELP University as well.
0: It was a rainy day one day, and <laughs> I started to dance in the grasses. <laughs> and Indian music, and then there was a group of women joining at the background, and then um, I devoted this song to them. That's how it happened, right? And
2: I danced behind the trees as well. You know,
0: we had no idea why we were dra- dancing in such level of coordination, uh, which is very characteristic of Indian movies. But that's how we. <laughs> Okay.
1: You guys are editing. Please put a uh, Bollywood music. Because <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm half Indian, so I'm also a would it be correct a a a being of a um interracial marriage? Because my mother is Indian and my father is Iranian. So, but that was not the reason that I you know got married to her. Not say consciously, but. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I was like, when, when that question popped out, I was just thinking of just this uh, Bollywood scene, old Bollywood scene that we used to watch when I was younger. So I was just joking about it, but yeah, we get to know each other and help back in, I think our first meeting goes back to September, 2012, wow. around that period when we were doing our internship uh, at CPCS in Bisma help. Bisma help? Yeah, in, yeah. Jalan so, so far, fate, whatever you call it, just brought us together to end up doing internship at the same time.
2: Yeah,
0: um, and, yeah uh, and we
2: found uh, a lot of common interests in some of the yeah. things that we I therapy, think, psychology. Yeah, I think
0: I think our conversation just organically just began as if we kind of we just talked and it felt like we were on the same wavelength if that would be the correct way to describe it in many areas when it comes to psychotherapy when it comes to um life and i think all it began from there
2: yeah
4: of course
0: in
2: bollywood <laughs> too.
1: So that's why you are yeah. the one that was in charge of all the dances when we had stuff like Mopsa. <laughs> and <laughs> I can see the correlation now.
3: Yeah, the influence, right?
0: Very yeah. strong, right? And significant. <laughs> <laughs> Above 0.8. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so what was
3: your yeah, what was your impression of like first impression of each other when you yeah, when you guys met?
2: If you can recall. Yes. Yeah. Serious.
4: Um,
2: pensive. Um, yeah, that's probably an in-depth. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. that he, he he was someone who, who had a lot of very in-depth thoughts and feelings about life. Uh, it's like a well of... Um, well. <laughs> Sounds funny.
1: Making you sound very profound.
2: a <laughs> yeah, profound would be a right word, actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that the first thing was in-depth and of course, um, um very, very, I would say uh conscious, maybe, um, very aware. Um And that's very difficult to describe, right? What do you mean when you say conscious? I would say very, very aware and very tuned and um, also very kind. uh, uh, Way much more extrovert than me, which and uh, engaging, which I enjoyed conversations with her as well. Uh, That was my first impression. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. so it wasn't love at first sight,
1: at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if that's what you're, you're going to, <laughs> what you're thinking.
1: Um, I just thought the dancing and everything in the
0: ring. <laughs> <my purpose> is... <laughs> Probably one of the things that I appreciate that she kind of got my sense of humour,
4: mm. you
0: know. Um, she She fully understood the jokes that usually my friend used to find it very difficult to understand and uh, she exactly know what I was talking about when I joked and and um, I have a quite uh, can I have a perhaps not a unique palatable sense of humor sometimes for some but the, she kind of see beyond that and, uh, and I think that was interesting that she's kind of so beyond that uh, you know and that's uh that that was those are my
4: impressions yeah
1: i think you guys can kind of describe like when you guys were describing each other it seemed like you were using very similar words to describe each other with and (laughs) so yeah moving back to kind of like stereotypes you know i love at first sight and opposites attract and all this stuff but when you guys are describing yourselves you you describe such profound characteristics that were very similar. So do you guys think that kind of, you guys are very similar people and that's, that kind of factored in to the initial attraction?
0: Um, a bit of yes and a bit of no. Um, I think that uh, there was part that was similar. There was a common ground um, and there were parts that uh, our individuality and identity were intact and we had our own uh way of being that e- both of us kind of found that very interesting um so i would have discovered something and it's still i am which i think that's very important it's still it's still she kind of surprises me uh, um, and it's still um i discover things in conversation with her that is very kind of unique her personality and I think the, if I may say so, it, I think the same applies because um, it's not only the similar grounds, but also the differences that we find interesting. So for me, it's like every time we are in a seminar, um, I'm always kind of keen to hear what she's going to say. Um, and I think also she talks to me as well because she wants to hear what I think. And... and um, I think with that being said, we kind of preserve a sense of individuality that we acknowledge and we accept as well as we enjoy the common ground. I think that that's the most important thing. She can be herself and I can be myself in the relationship. And um, not all these aspects are at times uh, what we uh, kind of agree on, but we respect that space and that boundary so much that we began to embrace these differences, uh, perhaps very well. I mean, that that's what I can say until now. And how has it been? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think a very, um, I think that I really appreciate is how, even though we have things that we, that the are areas that we we might not um, be similar, like there are things that I enjoy that, that he might not enjoy, things that he enjoys that I might not enjoy, but but we, we we kind of create space for each other in in those areas as well. so like I, I enjoy dancing and I know he probably doesn't do dancing that much but he really created a space for me to explore the side of the dancing and um, he really is really into movies and when I first knew him my my view of movies was very different and and over the years I really see how he sees movie and now I can, you know, when I, when I watch movie, I watch I watch it from a very different lens as well. So it is interesting because the similarities brought us together, but the differences are the things that we kind of continue to grow and to discover along the way.
3: Yeah, I think I, I like that um, what you mentioned about the individuality that you still kept in the relationship. I think sometimes it's easy to... Uh, I suppose, like, if you're not maybe careful, is not the right word, but I couldn't think of one now. But sometimes you can get so enmeshed, I feel, or like feeling that you have to compromise, I feel. So, yeah, like,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think, especially like in the first sometimes, like, uh, first beginning of um dating or or you know, being together, that we want to, it's, it's normal, we want to like the same food, we want to like the same color, we want to you know, like the same politicians and everything has to be the same. And we get very anxious when we discover that, well, actually you and me are very different individual. And, and sometimes, um, you know, I, I, yeah, sometimes there is that anxiety of wanting to be very similar, wanting to be the same because um, the anxiety is if you are, if you are different, if I'm not in fully in your world, then we will be in a, very different world. I think mm-hmm. managing that anxiety is, is still something that I learned actually right now that sometimes mm-hmm. I don't want to miss out in, on things that he likes and because I'm afraid that I would miss out the rest of the things as well. But
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know, that that the kind of anxiety is there too. Mm-hmm.
1: I should really love that because you took the words right out of my mouth. It's like when you begin, I really resonate with when you say that when you start, it's like the similarities brought you together. But then as you learn about the differences, that's kind of how you're strengthening the relationship. And how do you guys mitigate that? Like doing things together and also finding out that you have stuff that you don't necessarily like, like the same things that you guys don't like. So how do you mitigate that probably friction when it, when it initially begins to happen? When you find out, okay, they have stuff that they like that I don't necessarily like as well. How do you mitigate giving them the space to do that and also doing stuff together?
0: I know you would look at me.
1: They have a connection. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And I think. I think you may want to continue on that, babylon But that's a that's a very difficult question. Yeah. Because the only thing that I I thought of when you said there's some things that we don't like is like she likes eating escargot and that's something that I don't <laughs> like. Uh, and and she enjoys it with a butter. That's one thing I. I'm not into, but I don't mind her eating at all. Mm. (laughs) It's
2: not even just not even the (laughs) primary thing that I enjoy. I like
4: it. That's the first thing you thought of. Funny, (laughs) yeah,
2: yes. But you know, sometimes it's also fun to to kind of I don't know. You know, to be able to make fun of of. No, he so make fun. To have fun with the differences as well, like how yeah. he will make fun of me liking certain things, and um, how every time he looks at uh planes, I'll be like, oh, you you know, and other planes. I will sometimes purposely just mention some plane models. I know I would definitely get it wrong, but then just to kind of get on his nerves because he's very good at identifying planes, and so. Even with the differences,
0: actors
2: and actresses as well. Yeah, actors and actresses <laughs> as well. I got it wrong all the time, and you know, he would tease me about them. And and so, even with the differences, it's not necessarily something to shy away from talking about because mm. it's something that you can just have fun, you know, correcting each other with those differences as long as you are not doing it in a way to demean the other person.
0: And that's the, that's the thing. I, I do find something with her very easy. that um, We find it very easy to actually talk about the most difficult things. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no, um, there is always room for that, to talk about the most difficult thing. I think the so-called, the, whether the imperfections or whether there are difficult conversations, we always find it difficult to go there and talk about it um, without any reservation. So and uh, feeling secure and safe to get into topics that are not easy to talk about, whether those are differences or whether the things that we're facing with each other or towards something. Um, uh, I, I think that's, that's been always uh, something that really helped the relationship because usually of our experiences, we would find couples find it difficult to just talk about difficulties that they have certain topics are very much avoided in relationships mm-hmm. and they feel very lonely in trying to getting it right uh, mm-hmm. on the rather to try to negotiate things and I think I, I I found that I find that to be very helpful it's very safe to talk about everything you want to talk about actually
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So, yeah yeah I still go right ahead
0: yeah, I I think
3: I um, yeah I like that you know I think you also mentioned it earlier that it's always been quite easy you know for both of you to yeah to communicate with each other. But I'm wondering also at the especially at the start of the relationship. Um, I think you want just mentioned at the start you know there was all this anxiety and like also getting to know each other um, period. Like how how was that like how do you move away from that initial I suppose that anxiety to you know, getting to you know, learn to make space for each other and finding it. It's like find, how do you find a way to yeah
2: to I, arrive at? I don't yeah. think we move away from it. Yeah, yeah. you're assuming that we have mm. we've already got <laughs> past that.
4: <No. laughs>
2: uh. Um I think maintaining that that boundary sometimes or what mm. or rather that space. It's always something, it's an ongoing thing. It's mm-hmm. not like once we get married, then it's a done deal. And,
4: mm-hmm. you know, we
2: feel perfectly safe and we, we wouldn't have to think about anything else. Because I think also when it talks about differences, uh, because we are from different uh, races, different cultures, different nationalities, there's a lot of things, even though we find similarities in the way that we think, but there's also differences in All these different aspects as well Mm -hmm. so sometimes I think when you look at small individual differences uh, when even when you are of the same race and culture and family background or, or nationality you know you kind of have to sometimes acknowledge that there will be things that no matter how close you are to the other person there will always be things that you cannot 100% get mm. um, I wouldn't 100% understand what he's been through and he wouldn't 100% understand what I've been through or what I'm going through even no matter how close we are and there'll be things from his childhood that sometimes I feel like I, I've missed up because I've never been exposed to that culture and I, I, I guess the other way around as well and mm. And sometimes there's this feeling that uh, I have missed out a part of his life because I'm not familiar with that culture fully. But um I think sometimes relationship is to understand that no matter how close you are with the other person, there's a certain loneliness if that might not be
0: completely um dissolved um, yeah. uh, as a as a result of being with each other. And yeah. also uh, the same thing applies. It's, so acknowledging that we might not be able to kind of capture that
4: mm-hmm.
0: entirely, uh, that experiences or those experiences is, is something that is also that, um, perhaps a realization of our, of our limitations
4: yeah. as well,
0: you know, in relationships as well, that uh, sometimes the relationship, sometimes the couples think that they have to be everything for the other, mm. but that's assuming too much. And mm. you have to leave the space And be a partner, be a husband, uh, you know, and understand these limitations as well, that you cannot completely be there uh, or cannot completely comprehend certain experiences that actually help shape or shape the other person. Mm. So it is like that. Um, Same thing about her as well.
4: Yeah, Yeah, you
2: know, when when we talk about the feeling of isolation and loneliness, sometimes we think like what Bashir said, we we think we have to absolutely get everything that each other is going through. And sometimes that makes us want to just be very anxiously um, kind of controlling or wanting everything in the person's life to be known to be this and that but I think or, or to be one or, or rather to want to be the same with the other mm-hmm. person in every mm-hmm. aspect and lose our individuality because we thought that's the only way maybe we can be fully uh yeah, perfect overcoming really. this connected yeah. yeah yeah but mm-hmm. there is just impossible sometimes to overcome that mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. right so I hear
3: like rather than I think rather than trying to trying too hard to understand it's okay to yeah make space for like you said acknowledging limitations and I think also sometimes expectations as well maybe like sometimes we expect the other person to fully understand just because um, that's the person we are closest to but we forgot that yeah everyone has limitation and that certain don't like it's okay to in some ways um, have that like, it's okay that the person doesn't fully understand
0: that sense and not to place that expectations. I
4: think pressure. Also.
0: Yes, yeah. I, I, think, I think also it, it is, it, it's a mutual process. One is mm-hmm. that the realization of one's limitation, not to fully comprehend. And then another thing is the necessary failure of the mm-hmm. other, um, that this failure actually leaves this space open uh Mm. for other things to come and perhaps that's the space that you converse about the difficulties you know or the differences and it is very normal actually for us to want to be very very all-knowing in our relationship with our partners because that is also in some relationships in is a way to kind of control uh, the other person to to be and to shape yourself and mold yourself in ways that the person will keep accepting you not feeling anxious and you trying to contain them in any any sense you know not leaving any space i'm sorry if i'm not making sense but having that perhaps a sense of omnipotence of kind of assuming that position that you should be the one that have to understand and you should have to mold yourself and even to go to the point of compromise your individuality as a result of turning into someone that you are not. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and I think that uh, uh, that, that necessary failure, that, that limitation, the realization of the limitation, and that necessary failure is not a bad thing at all.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's where there's space for um, other things emerge. Uh, perhaps that's uh, also the boundary or the line between the two, you know. Um, and be, if you assume too much It can be quite controlling and damaging To relationships yeah. as well
4: yeah.
0: um, I'm not sure I made sense but I think following With that thought I, That's what I was thinking about Yeah,
1: I actually really like that, oh. that Analogy of having that Omnipotence in a relationship I think both sides Will try to play Will try to play at God At one uh, time or the other In the sense that not only are they trying to be everything, but they're also trying to be the solution for every problem in the relationship that they may be having. So like they might want to fix everything that the other person is going through. Or I want to be there for every, every hardship that you're going through. And if I am not the solution, I feel that I have fallen short of my own expectation, of my own like imaginary expectation within this relationship. And that actually puts a lot of stress onto that relationship that they're having because of this kind of like false pressure that they were putting on themselves in the first place. I think that that's what I kind of gathered from what you were saying.
0: We are silent because that's exactly what we wanted because it's, it's important that you would harvest what you understand or what we said it should not be exactly what we think or feel and and that's hence the silence I would say <laughs> yeah. Uh.
3: yeah yeah but I also like that um, I think actually you mentioned something quite um, important as well I think you were saying that you know rather than you know being all-knowing but having that space that differences and convert it into conversation I think sometimes um, you know like what Justin said also like we try to be solutions for each other or we try to be yeah but then we don't actually hold that space for conversation we don't converse enough uh, or trying to come from a lens of being more understanding to each other but we try to solve yeah I think yeah I think sometimes that that also I mean that also leads to it's quite damaging I would say you know not having that space to yeah, to talk about things,
2: yeah. I think there's um, someone used to say before, I don't know who, but um, sometimes the, diff- the most difficult thing uh, in loving someone, whether or not it's a partner or family members or friends, is to, to know that sometimes you are just helpless and mm. you'll be able to sit with that and mm. be with that helplessness and be with that person.
0: I think that was was what we went through in the last couple of months um, together. And um, um, I think that after what what happened, which was um, Yvonne losing her father, um, I did find myself very helpless. And still, I do find myself very helpless. But I also have to realize that I have to leave that space open for her because she was brought up by him taking care and i can never fully comprehend the depth of her experience and her grief Mm. and um, i should acknowledge that i should give that space open however that sometimes makes me helpless because as a husband i would like to protect her but actually shielding her from those things are not good at all Mm. in a way it's it's um in other words when I was talking about this and when you were talking about that Esther it's like when we assume too much that we want to help on behalf of our partner we are actually assuming ourselves we're not helping yeah. mm. we're doing based on looking for solutions in the way that we think we have to do which which is mm. maybe based on our sense of desperation to be able to contain the grief but her grief cannot be contained I can be a support but I can't really fully um do something or protect her from that even though there is a Mm -hmm. desire for that i have to put it a stop from that which is i think this is a good example because in a sense it's the most difficult thing one can go through right Mm -hmm. and uh uh, what is the stands up the emotions and things that stands up so that's um that's what i went through i numerous times i found myself to be very helpless to kind of just just look at her going what she was going through as well mm-hmm. as what i was losing myself as well but um uh, i can never be the person that you know to, to replace that person and if i assume too much it might come across if i'm gonna i'm gonna replace the person but that is space has to be for her empty
4: mm-hmm.
0: and for her to grow something
4: yeah.
0: out of it Rather, me filling it up by uh, assuming too much and trying to containing it, mm. you, know, um, you know. So uh, it's that um, probably. <laughs> yeah.
2: There's a lot of um, there's, there's a lot of. I think when we talk about trust, right? It's just, usually we think of, of it as trusting the other person and. Um, in, in like being faithful and all these things. But I think in this process, um, there's a lot of trust that's involved here in that. I feel that he trusts that me going through this, um, there's a certain things that I could maybe handle or contain or something can come out of it. and And I think in some ways, him trusting his ability as well that he can, let go and still be able to catch me if let's say i i need it Uh, i i think that was something that you can never fully know whether you'll be able to do it but you just you just in some ways just have faith that you probably can do it when the time comes or situations where uh when when he let's say takes up um extra responsibilities at work for example you know the anxiety that um, how is this going to, for example, affect our life, or is this going to be something that uh, takes away things? And and and, you know, there are ways to communicate. This, of course, you know, sometimes we might, um, and and I think sometimes we 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 communicate things in a way where it could be comical or dramatic, and we get that. You know, we get that we are just trying to trying to catch others' attention to try to communicate something, but. But when, when we go back to our own position, I think me, I have to be very aware that I need to trust that when the time comes, you'll be able to handle the situation and that I'll be able to also go along with it and we, we can manage it as the time comes and not to try and control things from the beginning to try and preempt things from the beginning. And I think sometimes that really inhibit organic growth from both parties as well.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's very, very powerful stuff that you've been saying because I'm sure that there will be people who are listening to this, who just this whole concept of not trying to be the solution may never have even occurred to them. And something that I'm very, very curious about right now is that um, especially uh, Bashir was saying how you're kind of like letting uh, Yvonne deal with that sudden emptiness that was there, that was left. And she has to learn how to deal with that. But also, Yvonne was saying, how she trusts Bashir to be there uh, to kind of deal with things if they happen. But how? when When does the role of like husband and wife, as well as knowledge of therapists, like where's the line that's being drawn? Because this is kind of like information and knowledge that has become very innate to you guys. So you're kind of bringing that in to your, with your characters Are like all the knowledge, of a therapist but now how do you kind of deal with this real life thing because for me it's every time I'm met with like conflict with uh, somebody I'm dating all the knowledge that's coming is okay this is what we were taught this is what uh, you know conflict resolution being able to listen being able to advise but how do you then separate being there as a partner for them versus with all of the knowledge that will and your training, which we'll, I'm sure will kind of flood into.
0: I think I think very much the, the answer very much relied on what we just said because, um, you know, when you say that, when you describe that, that, that there's also I can hear you struggling with not assuming a role that you try not to fall into, and it's not a very straightforward process because we need to be reminded not to fall into that position. So so we are very relaxed about it that we might assume and we not we might assume that role and mean we go back again to being husband and wife you know so we try not to control that very much that that process or that a struggle that conflict that you know uh, and if we made mistake of being in the room of the therapist so called if if that is considered a mistake let's say then um we will move back from it again, in and out again, you know. Um, um, but I think uh, I think it, it's not a very straightforward process. It doesn't have a very clear boundary in that sense. But it it is something that we are reminded of, like um, not to kind of just just rather than trying to fall into conflict resolution process. Just be the husband or just be the wife and just express. Um, whatever you want to say doesn't matter if it's right or wrong and and you know it also falls on the idea idea that um we don't kind of have a tendency to kind of in a way police our thoughts and when we express it to each other not much of a censorship happening over there uh, it's very unregulated at times um and i think that's how I think it is that helps a lot not to fall into that position but however those things happen sorry I'm, I'm taking a bit too much time so you want to go ahead
2: no I no, I was just uh, agreeing with that part because I think one of it is you know, exactly because two of us both of us are therapists that like you might expect like the other person to what talk to you like a therapist like why you you know you shouldn't come from the expectations that you should talk to me in a certain way because you are a therapist because in the end of the day, we are therapists by profession,
4: mm-hmm.
2: but what we take in uh, from our training as a therapy, that, that's part of who we are, but that's not that doesn't mean that that's all that we are. And we are still uh, sometimes the anxious person, the person who might throw a tantrum, we are still person who might have uh you know, and that, we have all these emotions. Yeah. And I think just just not expecting that the other person be your therapist. And I understand that I can't be that for human.
1: Uh, Th- I can yeah, I can
2: yeah.
0: I can never also assume the same thing. But also it's very much the idea of you know wanting to be the other person's therapist. It, it also like what Yvonne said, I mean picking up of what you just said kind of might end up making the relationship very inorganic
4: right
0: um because if let's say we assume that rule um uh too much because it feels like when you assume that rule you're also trying to control something in the situation rather than discover it with your partner and 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 going back to that you know I, i would like to just incorporate that back to the therapy because i think uh it's not also in therapy that we, we assume we know everything as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is a discovery process with the client as well. You know, So mm-hmm. uh, I would say that um, that's a different perspective probably on therapy, that we don't box it into certain things. We don't also box the relationship into certain things and say, okay, these are two compartments that should not contaminate each other mm-hmm. as well. Um, rather than they affect each other, they are in connection with each other they they influence each other but that does not represent our entirety as who we are you know so um i think that's what i what i actually taught when she said that yeah Mm
1: -hmm. yeah because my question was actually focused more on how do you avoid being uh the role of a therapist to your partner because that is your training and that's your profession. It's so integrated into your character. Like uh, for example, like my dad is an engineer and he will always keep on saying, you know, I'm an engineer by profession. Therefore, how I run this family is very much like an engineer. So he runs it like, like a board meeting when he talks to us, you know, it has to be like a power dynamic hierarchy and he has to have like facts. You cannot tell emotions and you need to give him facts about like why you're having this conflict with like if i'm fighting with my sister i need to give him a point a point b point three like a powerpoint slide because he just cannot compute you feeling this way that way he needs to see it in forms of data because that like his profession is so integrated into his character and so now if you're coming as like two therapists that's so integrated into your character i was just curious as to how you like you said, because you cannot compartmentalize it and you cannot kind of separate them into different boxes. So doesn't that become a little bit difficult when you catch yourself? No, you know, actually,
0: yeah. Actually, 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 the desire to compartmentalize it and to keep it separate, it's the same desire to control for not letting things happen. It's, and when you describe it, in that way, it feels like there's two mentality, one mentality, factual based on controlling, one emotional based and all. And we need to kind of take care of these two as well. Um, but, but the point is that we acknowledge that it is inevitable for that to happen, for that um, to influence each other. And we try not to control it very much in that sense, rather discover it and even remind ourselves sometimes in, in our relationship that we are not each other's therapists, mm-hmm. you
2: know? Well, I, I kind of maybe just continuing from what Bashir said, like maybe there are some responses that he gave to me is, for lack of better terms, a, a very therapist kind of answer. But that's also him because um he's, my, he's not my therapist, but that's very much part of, from his being, therapist. his existence, his, his values. And I think wanting to compartmentalize it too much about what you say, trying to delineate which one exactly is you being a therapist, what is it being a, a mm-hmm. husband? It's almost impossible. There's always that integration. And maybe it's more like being able to accept that he's not going to be able to be that therapist sight of him all the time and he shouldn't be expected to and so so do i So am i and and to try and i guess be with each other in the way that we are comfortable and not trying to say you are this or that or you should be this or that
3: All right i think i i think what i hear it's a lot of um i think going back to what we talked about earlier so the space that Overview create right like um that space of curiosity and that space i think that space allows a lot of, rather than blocking things or like is they compartmentalized or trying to um distinguish between like okay are you a therapist to me now or are you um yvonne or are you pressure to to me now right i think yeah i think um a lot of time maybe in a relationship we don't create that space enough, or maybe that's how I feel, like we don't create that space, or we're not con you I, I'm not too sure whether like we're not conscious in creating a space or um or the need to control, I suppose. Yeah. I think that um oftentimes we just feel like going into compartmentalizing ourselves into a certain um a certain person that we have to be for another rather than um yeah rather than just being ourselves but also still being able to um be that person for that that the other yeah
2: yeah i guess letting it be very fun mm-hmm. because organic yeah. when, when you say that you know when do you know which is therapist self and husband self I feel that it's uh, maybe it comes with a certain assumption mm-hmm. that you shouldn't be each other's therapists. Yeah. But sometimes the way that we respond to each other Mm. is just out of that understanding because of what we have been through. And it's okay if he Mm. sometimes talks to me like that. So allowing that fluidity of him, Mm. I think that's important.
0: And and the same as well, yeah. Mm. So it, it. I
4: mean,
0: I mean, we acknowledge that we don't have much of a control for, mm. over that because that, that's so ingrained to who we are.
4: Right? Mm-hmm.
0: And um, it's not that we kind of change hat. Um,
4: mm-hmm. as
0: some mm-hmm. might say that we don't, we don't do that in that sense, because mm-hmm. um, it's very fluid, and it's mm-hmm. very dynamic. And
2: instead of changing hats, it's more like we wear all the hats together. Yes, mm-hmm. I think that
0: I think that's what we yeah. do um that's what we do we wear the old hats together in a way Mm -hmm. yeah
3: yeah i think that keeps it very organic too like yeah
1: and kind of jumping onto this wearing different hats because you guys did mention that you come from different cultures so you're already bringing different hats to the table like how has that kind of been in the relationship especially when you were what, what I really like that you guys said just now is that there's going to be, you feel that like you're missing out a part of their lives uh, because, you know, in their culture, there's certain things that you may not have experienced due to the different upbringing. Uh, do you have any examples about that? Like how, how that was different in the relationship and when did you actually see that, oh, this is something that I didn't grow up seeing? I like to do the smart already. Thank
4: you.
2: <laughs> it's a lot actually. Just from the beginning, just the way that we receive guests, for example, you know, just very basic. Um,
0: the language, probably the um, yeah, the language and the differences in language, the nuances. I would say they, uh, the words, the expressions that convey certain things that cannot be captured fully you know um, that's one thing I would say but of course when when you acknowledge you can't fully understand that it's not like mechanically trying to understand it but also trying to connect with that idea in different ways. so you either manage to connect some part then might you might leave up some part out as well you know um, and sometimes you might not even connect with some of those parts you know, so um things that are perhaps very ingrained to culture of language and the experiences from childhood until now right um the context is that were grow up for example um, me living in a very in a country that at the beginning of my childhood was very very oppressive compared to a culture over here that really had no issues and wasn't that oppressive at all in that sense you know um and as well as the the ecosystem whereby the family lives within that oppressive culture and how it reacts to it and how the differences in race over here was, uh, for example, things that happened with her, with the differences of race, differences of multi- living in a multicultural context, which for me was, I was in a more monoculture context, but in a multicultural family context, but in a in, in a country that's mainly monoculturistic. So um, you can, you can, you can see a lot out of what I'm telling that there could be a lot of things that we connected and we couldn't connect
4: mm-hmm. as well, you know? Um,
0: and how we are uh, generally, like uh, it's very ingrained to our culture, you know, um, mm-hmm. to to be very pensive and melancholic sometimes,
4: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and and uh, that's the huge difference. The way that we brought up the, the historical context, the family background which is a different story when it comes to her but that doesn't mean that she cannot connect actually to some deep level she's able to connect and to some level she can't as well same with her as well there's a there's a, there's a lot that um i would manage to connect and she uh, and, and and i failed to connect and uh i wish they say about uncle bobby's <laughs> <laughs> and but th- th- this is very interesting thing that right you know we kind of the point is we kind of transcended those differences in a way
2: and there are things that you, you we, we don't pay much attention to usually because when you're from the same culture just like you know you listen to songs for example mm. and if i will mention a certain songs uh like in the 80s and you will immediately connect to you kind of know the kind of era you know mm. what that song mean in that kind of times um if i say backstreet boys for example you know i that
0: i can connect
2: <laughs> 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 or so certain chinese songs for example uh-huh. like in our culture like in a certain period of time you have certain hit songs right yeah. and, and it's not about listening to that song it's about what kind of um era meaning, yeah, meaning. Uh, context that's attached to the song, mm-hmm. and same when he even even if he were to introduce a song to me, even if I can understand the lyrics of that song, I can never fully capture what it meant when he listens to it in his teenage years. And mm-hmm. because I was not not in that context, and these are the things that are very simple, but also it's very deeply ingrained in our upbringing that we don't sometimes realize when we're in the same culture.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And were there actually like big differences that made you question like, oh, is this like a a deal breaker in the relationship? Are we two culturally different? Uh, Was there ever a time or a particular incident that made you feel that way?
0: Not necessarily, but I would say that of course, um, perhaps there was fears about how this is going to work out. Already Mm. two different cultures, and that kind of adds up to some unknown possibility of whether this is gonna work out or not, right? And um, how are we gonna leave? How are we gonna do things and, and all that? Um, there the wasn't necessarily deep deed breakers, but there were doubts and there were mm. things to consider. And when I was looking at the questions, so I was thinking about something because we were in a long-term relationship, but I think at a certain point, I was thinking that if we don't have a direction, um, any direction, um, we might lose what we have as well. And of um, was needed to kind of weigh out, you know, because it's very easy to kind of get trapped on a plan that you have already decided on yourself and just go on with it rather than being open to what could emerge if there is an New think happened uh, so to answer your question there was not necessarily a huge deal breaker from my point of view um Yvonne probably shares hers but of course there was um a lot of unknown how this mixture is going to play out you know mm-hmm. uh, i think that that was the things because because when you get married and, and you get very intimate with another person then uh, i'm just giving you a heads up <laughs> that you might um, discover certain things about yourself that you didn't discover before when you were single. And uh, I think that um, we're completely ob- uh, oblivion to that, I would say, but not say intentionally was something. So I think those are those are the fears of anxiety is how this un- unknown and uncharted territory is going to turn out know, um, as well. So there, there are fears. There was not necessarily a deal breaker. Um mm-hmm. From her side, I'm not sure because I'm a Middle Eastern <laughs> <laughs> and no uh, so it's could, and and could have blow up the house or
1: something.
0: That's the thing, you know, we, we can joke about these things actually very easily, you know, the, the, these differences. And I make the same jokes with her, she makes the same joke with me. And we're not offended at all about these jokes. And... Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe th- that was a deal-breaker. I was from Middle East, from this country that is very, uh, you know, the first thing that comes to your mind is not sure what it comes to mind. But she came and she saw and...
2: And I conquered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and her parents came. And, yeah, that was... Um,
2: well, I think whether or not it's a deal breaker, I I think it's different for 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 everyone, right? Because yeah. some for some people, uh, religion is something that's very important, and for some people, uh, you know, language or, or certain race uh, mm-hmm. issues is very important. So I think that's really subjective to everyone's kind of values and priorities and. For me, it's always that from a very beginning when we met when we started um kind of getting to know each other, it was about the connection that we we have, and the rest of it was just um and I mean i think we were we were willing to work around that the mm-hmm. rest of the things
0: uh, it was quite anxiety provoking for her as well as well as me you know because um uh, we were subjected to certain things that we have to technically be subjected to which um, it's better we not discuss it over here so that that kind of kind of creates a bit more anxiety as well at times
2: yeah you know when i think about actually being in a relationship like of course it's this interracial relationship or intercultural relationship is it has its own kind of challenge and sometimes you might wonder from a beginning like do we want to even want to get into it if there's Mm. going to be this kind of issues coming along but I think my mentality at the time was um let's go in and see what's there and Mm. let's see where this takes me and takes us and if it's something that's worth um continuing then we'll go for it if it's not then We'll take that heartbreak and you know go back to our yeah. own place but mm-hmm. i think it's that willingness to just go into the unknown and instead of trying to predict and control from the very
4: beginning
0: mm-hmm. and also we kind of kind of went very step by step uh, i would say like you kind of went step by step so if we would have kind of get a green light for one step we would go to the next um and explore that so it was a gradual process of course a lot of it was not was not hinging on us because we have our parents and we have other people involved that love us and have an interest in us as well for her as well as for me you know so uh, and of course it's not easy to kind of um away from parents it's it's also marriage is something very difficult for parents because um they're going to experience some sort of an empty nest mm-hmm. uh after the children growing up it's a, another grieving process for the parents as well but um yeah but i think that we we kind of took it like what yvonne said we took it we just we just dwell into it and took it step by step so mm. every stage if it was, okay, we move on to next, we move on to next. Knowing the fact that maybe the next stage might not work out uh, at all, you know. Um, So for instance, when I was wanting to meet Yvonne's parents, she made the wrong turn twice, actually. Uh, So we wanted to go to gardens and she made the wrong turn, twice made the wrong turn. So of course, that's something unconscious. And I was like...
1: She doesn't want to uh, (laughs) meet.
0: Uh, very nervous, very nervous to me, and, um, and I was nervous too, and I was trying to play very cool, and all that, so, um, those things, you know, those, those stages, the the initial meeting, the first impression, and then how that would continue, you know, so the first impression is one thing that they will learn about you, Mm -hmm. you might get passed through, but after that, you might not get passed through the second stage of kind of connecting the parents and and with the loved ones and i think um i think i mean just to give you an example of the stages so so we every stage we took was we were kind of given a green light, mainly because our parents were very very supportive
4: mm-hmm.
0: um both our parents were very very open and very supportive you know i always make this joke that first time she came to iran and um, she was um, she came to Iran and uh, she arrived at our place and I was talking to the driver, is a close friend of us, as driver, and I wanted to pay him. And I turned back and I realized my parents and Yvonne were missing. And I said they were just walking together. that this was the first time they meet. They were walking together holding each other like my mom was on the other side my father was the other side just holding her just taking her upstairs it's like just i was left alone outside (laughs) with the driver it's like sorry this is also my house (laughs) (laughs) like they just went (laughs) and you know those are the things that you you never predict right you you never know how it's going to turn out um Mm -hmm. and um the same thing happened with yvonne parents not with that intensity i would say of course because (laughs) I was giving a heads up if you're coming to Iran, be prepared. You're going to be touched so much like you've <laughs> never touched in your life. And then you're going to be fed to death because you're going to be. But of course, that, that was the same sense of openness and, and welcoming from, from Yvonne's father and Yvonne's mother, both. And the first person that I met actually was Yvonne's father. Mm-hmm. So we were going, we went into gardens, we were kind of going to the. Um, restaurant and then suddenly he appeared out of nowhere and and uh, he was holding a uh, what he was holding a he was holding a chair was uh-huh, a, yeah, a, stool. a stool he was holding a stool he bought it from and he said I'll, I'll just leave it in the car so that really kind of make us a bit less anxious after mm. that first encounter which I always remember and then after that you know I mean her sister was very supportive and helped a lot for this Mother was very open, and father as well. Mm. so that was how
4: it was, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> And speaking of like yeah, speaking of your culture differences and the, the examples that you guys share as well, I'm just curious to know, like um I mean, being together uh, from dating until now, like uh, what is one thing or like a few things that you appreciate about each other's culture differences, yeah.
4: <laughs> There's
1: always that look between Yeah. yeah. Time
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you have been to um, any Iranian's home, you will feel really that sense of warmth and welcoming and generosity. Um, I, I always, you know, I, I've been to Iran a few times right now, I think about three, four times. And um, every time I go, I just feel like there's, of course, I mean, it's probably a bit different as well because I'm a foreigner there, but um, I always feel that there's this very warm and lively side of the culture, even though you know I should say that there's also a very melancholic side of it. But if you look at like, the architecture, the, 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 the artwork, you know, there's so much color and so much life with these things. Um, and I am just very amazed by how raw the sense of beauty is like in, in their culture, it's very much undiscovered. Mm. Um, and the other thing, of course, it's just based on my experience, is the sense of very uh, raw kindness in, in them as well. And that they really wanted to, Host you, they wanted to take care of you as a guest. And um, and that's something that I I it was very kind of different for me, very refreshing for me when I went to their home. Um, his father is, I remember the first time I went, he just told me, even though coming from that culture where you know they have like a dominant dominant uh religion, he said to me, It doesn't matter what religion you're from, you know, we are all human beings and you see that kind of very open sense of welcome, welcomingness is because you're just another person that mm-hmm. comes into the home. And I, I just really appreciate that about yeah, the, mm-hmm. the culture.
0: Um, she just outmatched me I'm <laughs> saying anything. Um, for me, it's like, you know in iran they're very obligated to welcome the guests and sometimes it causes a lot of fatigue on us (laughs) so it doesn't matter you always have to keep up appearances it's like one of the funny things like in malaysia when i was in doing my master's in counseling program anytime i saw my friends i used to shake their hands and warmly say hi and until she told me that oh you shake hands only once and you don't have to do it (laughs) anymore
2: Why do you shake my hand every time you see me?
0: (laughs) And and I was like, oh, that's good. It's like once you shake hands, that's in the bank already. You don't have to repeat it anymore. So, So... And of course it's fine if you see a person after five years and if you just wave hand while he's sitting and I don't know, munching on some peanuts, it's absolutely fine. So you don't have to worry about any of those things. <laughs> and um, it kind of, it was interesting, you know, I, you know, I personally feel very accepted for, you know, and connected with, with the family and, and the culture. And uh, the, the, was the when I say family, I don't mean only her family, the entire family. And and they just took me just like that, you know? And the funny thing is the, I think the first thing that Akong actually, Yvonne's grandfather said after seeing me, do you remember what was the first thing? Uh,
2: he drink everything He's a good point.
0: He eats everything. I oh, eat everything. Oh. The first thing I told her, was like, isn't that so Chinese? You eat yeah. everything, right? So I was like, yeah.
2: laughing about
4: it. Yeah.
0: So, um, so I said, yeah, I mean, we never, it never blocked us these differences yeah. um i i don't know it never got into our way mm-hmm. it was not even something that we talked about so much you know maybe that's a luxury i don't know maybe that's a good thing whereas for some it might be a very different experience you know mm-hmm. um, there is no right and wrong over here when i say that you know um, whether you're religious or you're not religious you know you might face challenges but for us those things was not Mm. Mm. and it was not only on us i think it was on the family as well who was Mm. who who, who allowed that to happen and supported us actually very very much supported us Mm. i mean my parents and when i came here uh iwan's parents as well they were extremely supportive uh unconditionally taking care of us and all that and and all that yeah so
4: that really helped a lot Mm. Mm.
1: Honestly, I think that's a really positive note to end on. <laughs> I just like that, because some of the topics that we were covering, oh my God, you could feel that there was like a heaviness. But I think that's like an awesome uh, way to just kind of conclude everything. Uh, Esther, do you still want to ask anything in no, particular?
3: I, yeah, no, I think like, I, I like that. I think um, what I hear is that both families are just very open. And welcoming. I think um, in being in a relationship, it's not just about two people, isn't it? Like, there's still a lot of. I mean, there are other things that you have to consider, to like your family, um, how you get along with them. Um, And I like that. uh, I like that both. I think when Brush said that that the cultural differences doesn't really get in the way. I think also because both of you are very open to the experiences, and like you said, you you walk, you take each step at a time rather than trying to control uh, rather than being overly anxious, but just going with a mindset of like, we'll see where this takes us. I think that, I think the way in which both of you responded to it make a big difference as well as to how um, the relationship moves, I suppose. Yeah.
0: But Esther, say if you have a question, it's absolutely fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think maybe, uh, if I may ask, <laughs> yeah, I think, it's at, at what point then, like, because you said that, um, you know, you take one, one step, you know, at a time, right? So, yeah. at what point both of you come to, a, I suppose, a readiness to be like, okay, want to settle in, to marriage, right? from
4: dating to marriage? Um, to, at what point. At the point where he asked <laughs>
1: <laughs> when he was already on the on the yeah. Team. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um
0: I think it, it was a point that I felt like um um I well of course you ask, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the point is like um okay, I I I want to live with this person I don't I I I think that uh at this moment, that's the best thing that I can think of is trying to spend with this person and explore what's coming ahead. Mm. You know, so um, for me, it was very easy because people think that when they're getting married, now they have to commit and they have to make sacrifices and all that. It wasn't like that for me.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It was more like, um, I just want to find out more about who, and be with this person. And, and, and I could easily, I think it was a point that I could easily kind of project myself into the future and see a future with her,
4: mm-hmm.
0: you know. So then the, then the rest technicalities comes in, such as asking and all that. <laughs> 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 but there's not there is not, there's not a specific point. You would gradually learn that in, in the process. And then, of course, what, what we know is a performative act, right? Like, then you say it, and mm-hmm. then it happens, you know. Even though you know it's it's not being said, and then you say it and you officiate it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and um, and I think it, it it went there and um and yeah of course you have to ask, I ask and then I said, let me think
1: about it now
2: <laughs>
1: spoiler alert, she said
2: that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But you know, I think sometimes we think about marriage is like, uh, you know, a lot of all this uh, very modern metaphor about marriage is like, oh, being tied mm-hmm. down, being, mm-hmm. having to be uh, committed, but it's like, it's like seeing marriage, you know, some people say what marriage is the tombstone or whatever, of or, <laughs> or something that. like that, but,
4: well but I think I that
2: yeah and, and i think it's what like we said earlier on seeing like if you get married it's a done deal and you you just kind of seal the deal for life but i think one thing i really appreciate about um, Bashir and is that we we oh i don't too that we don't see it as uh, this is it we, we just get married and we just you know mm. uh, don't care about the relationship because i think we still work on it um, together we know that
0: i was uh, writing her a birthday note and every time i write her a note it sounds so dramatic <laughs> and funny at the same time so it's like i'm writing this and what i bought for you doesn't matter but what i leave behind matters the most and Ooh. something along the line and Jeez. i write as if this is going to be my last the movie last movie. <laughs> <I think. Yeah. laughs> so um uh, you know I, I think that uh, it should not be forgotten. Um, and when it becomes a habit and it's forgotten, then mm. it's a huge problem. Then, then uh, actually the idea that, you know, you were talking about therapy and all of this. And I think the idea, the existential ideas and what we have been through actually draw us more together mm. because we are always toward it or have these things to future that... Uh, you know, this could be it. This could this moment could be the moment that we have with each other.
4: Mm. And
0: there might not be. And and we don't get used to that by having these ideas. It's it's not that we're depressed or sad, but I think one thing that um Rollo May said about the necessity of tragedy is that the tra- necessity of tragedy kind of makes us aware of not forgetting and not getting habituated to this daily life of, as what he you want to say, when you're committed, then that's it, you know, it's a done mm. uh, Rather appreciating each other's presence, uh, thinking about, um, and enjoying it to, to its max mm. with each other, rather than when it becomes a habit, then it becomes quite destructive, right? And and we forget to take care of each other as well as ourselves in the relationship. But I think those things ca- kind of helped us very much to appreciate the presence and not uh, forget that uh, we are not around forever, mm. and and uh, as difficult that thought is, it's also make us embrace every single moment that we live with each other, uh, and and trying to cherish that, um, yeah,
2: and see beyond the you know little daily arguments and little. Um, things that we might not we, we might argue over in the end of the day you want to see maybe beyond that like what's really in the relationship that's still there despite mm-hmm. the little arguments and differences yeah, I think that. But it's still, whenever we go to the restaurants, she
0: always has an eye on what I order. <laughs> Usually, it takes away my drinks.
4: <laughs> that's stereotypical. I'm just like a- <laughs> gonna take some. <laughs> yeah.
1: I guess just to conclude, um, maybe we could hear like two cents from each of you. It would be how do you guys actually cultivate that safe space and trust for you guys to be able to kind of weather the storms of whatever you know, arguments, maintaining your individuality, handling all these cultural differences, how do you cultivate that safe space and trust between you guys to weather these kinds of storms?
4: I think
0: that's an element of trust that's unknown, right? And you leave it there. And you see how it t- turns out. And you also prepare for um, any other outcomes as well, Um, because it cannot be fully controlled. Um, I think that's a very, very broad question. It's very difficult to capture the essence of it and turn it into an answer that's very concrete. But um, I I think that's why we trust, right? We trust the unknown sometimes. Mm -hmm. or we take a leap um, without knowing what would be the consequences it's like um, the movie called to the wonder sorry I couldn't help not (laughs) trying the
1: the movie and
0: uh, and, uh, the trailer of the movie says that uh, to fall in love you run the risk of betrayal you run the risk of failure you run many many risks as well. Uh, so that's, I think, the, the, the point of it. But when I was listening it, to it again, I, I kind of realized there was a sentence that say, you think your love is dying, but it might transform into something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think uh, what it was referring to a sense of, a very general deep sense of love and trust toward other beings as well, you know. But But, but just to come back to your question, and not go beyond that point is you run all of this risk. And again, it goes to the point that you have no, you have to, maybe it's not the right way to say it, but you have to kind of realize the limitation. Yeah. You cannot control the outcome in any sense. It's really not up to you. And I think that's a very difficult realization, you know, because when you trust and you invest, you would get very hurt. But if you have a history of getting hurt before, Early on, then, you know, but uh, once you come to that terms, it's, it's always a risk that you run mm-hmm. and there's no escape from it. Yeah. in
4: mm-hmm. The
2: first two line of that movie, uh, the quote is uh, also the part that I like very much because the first two lines says, you shall love whether whether you want it or not, you shall love. Um, love is not just a feeling Feeling. you Mm.
0: shall love
2: yeah and I think that's that's just about not just about marriage or relationship that's just about life you know and it's not just feeling or passion but it's really all these things the it's about the hurt the risk the uncertainties when we when you say creating a safe space to, to, to trust, I think what Gashu say as well, is when we have a certain things in mind, it has to turn out this way, it has to turn out that way we kind of close off the space for the possibilities to happen. Mm. So Not to say that I don't have any expectations, of course I have certain dreams and certain things I would like to build with him, but to allow for that other possibilities that things might or might not turn out, I think that gives us that fluidity, that flexibility to just, just attend to it when it comes, you know, without needing it to be in a certain ways. Of course, it would be nice if it's in a certain ways that we would like it to be, but we can't control that. But also you
0: see sometimes what we expect as an outcome and this is very difficult for me to articulate, It might not be the best thing for us Mm -hmm. because we might get very trapped in the outcome and what we need to control. Uh, Like if I would have, or we would have not contemplated of having something together, we would have completely gone in the separate ways and we would never found out what's going to happen. Now, I'm not saying that that could be insignificant Mm -hmm. uh, or it could have of no significant if we would have gone separate ways. But of course, seeing at how, what would would have been missed? Of course, um, I would deeply regret that uh, as well. Um, Deeply regret not, uh, deeply regret if I would have just stick to the plan that I already had and not changing it, you know, because I desired an outcome. And then I decided not to follow that as well might have not even been good for me if I would have followed it. I don't know. But I look at now and I see where I have come. And I think I don't want to be anywhere else than where I am.
4: Uh,
0: that's the thing. Sometimes you know you control the outcome. The outcome might not be to your benefit. So mm-hmm. you have to leave out a bit of a space that okay you have a desire you work toward it. It might not come true. You go through the process of the loss, but also it's not necessarily entirely a bad thing because it might open another thing for you. Okay, and this is not like that cheap quote that says things happen for reasons. Mm-hmm. Don't don't follow that chain of thought. But. Uh, it's a bit more than that <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to say that <laughs> but it's it's um i don't want others to kind of go to that you know it's, mm. it's a bit uh, the reason that i kind of dismissed that quote was not to um not to kind of restrict it to that quote it's to rather allow others imagination to think about it in the, their own
4: ways mm. You want to
1: say something? Well, yeah. that is a very powerful way to conclude, <laughs> especially with a quote that just really, really blew my mind. Like, <laughs> well, that actually concludes this particular episode. So I really, really want to say a huge, huge thank you to Ms. Yvonne and Mr. Bashir for even taking the time out of their busy schedule to kind of be with us, share their experiences. Also a big thank you to Esther uh, and myself uh, for just being able here to host. Again, have a wonderful, wonderful conversation. And again, thank you Mind Matters Network for facilitating this episode and a big shout out as well to T-Buddies. We really hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Thank you guys for listening.